0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Can the Utes make the Huskies sleepless in Seattle? Rivals has arrived. All right, welcome to welcome welcome to another show of Rivals, a show of Rivals. Could I have a show of Rivals, please? Uh, he's Jason Buck. I'm Scott Mitchell, and Utah, who is ninth ranked. Tenth ranked, depending on who you talk to, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. In the country, takes on the Washington Huskies, led by their great coach Chris Peterson. The Huskies are five and three on the year. Had a bit of a, a bit of a stumble, and uh, they've actually they haven't played completely great. Uh, a place they're normally really tough to play at home, and they've lost they've lost several games this year at home. Actually, uh, uh, take on this Utah team. That I mean, oh my goodness. I said this after Utah beat, or who'd they beat last week? They beat uh, Cal. And I said, I'm not sure I've seen a game as close to perfect as I saw on Saturday. Now a couple of people said, ah, come on. The kicking game, they missed a field goal. And Coach Whittingham actually admitted he kind of screwed that up because he, he wanted the kicker to wait until the clock run, had run down. And they were all kind of set up and ready to go. And he he says I felt like I kind of threw off the timing of my kicker, and and Coach Whittingham is usually not a guy to, you know, about excuses. So you know, anyways, aside from that, I think midway through the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, the total yardage was 421 yards for the University of Utah, and 42 yards for Cal. Cal did not cross the 50-yard line. In the entire game. Uh, they did not score a point. Uh, it was an absolute just drubbing by Utah. So, Jason, first of all, what are your thoughts about the game? And then is this um, – why is this defense playing so great?
2: Man, I, I – they're on a roll. And they are just – they look like they're getting better every week. I, and, you know, I picked um, Bradley and I as the man right. going into the year, right? And he's having that kind of a year. I wish I could have played on a, that style of a defense, <laughs> honestly. I never got to play in a 40 front in, in college and just just go, right, and be turned loose. And he's, he's he's tearing it up. The entire defense is. They're playing inspired. They're playing confident. They've got the players. Um They've got they've got it all going right now. They've taken ownership of it, right? And and it's it's their field, and they walk out there on it. So and Co- I, don't, I don't see anybody stopping them.
1: Coach Whittingham said, "There's no there's no there's no weak spots in this defense. I mean, the defensive line, the linebackers, the the back end safeties and corners. There, there's no weakness. So how much does it mean to no. you? Like you're you're a defensive lineman, and and how much does it mean to you, or how much more free or confident can you play knowing? That the guys behind you are are going to give you a shot, that that they're they're, oh. they're not going to blow coverage, they're going to make their gap assignment sound, they're going to tackle guys. What does that mean to you when you you just have you just have confidence in your in your oh. linebackers and secondary?
2: That's it. It just gives you more and more confidence. You go in that huddle, you know, pregame locker room huddle. You look in the eyes of your teammates. You know. That they've got your back, you got theirs. They're not going to miss their assignments. They're not going to let you down, and it just lets you turn loose even more. And it's it's just a, you just feed on it, right? And you know, defensive lineman, you know, you've got to have great coverage to get sacks. You do, and it's vice versa. You know, you got to get great pressure on the quarterback in order for the DBs to make more interceptions than they than they would. I mean, you you work into together. You need each other, and you feed off of each other. So that's they they just got the perfect thing going right now. They're like you said. There's there's no there's no weakness. You don't see a weakness in it. Not on run defense. Not on pass defense. I mean, there's just you don't see a weakness in the linebackers. Anybody they can just pick on, and the defensive lines. You know, so dominant right now. I mean, it all starts right there.
1: When when you go to a tough uh, opponent in a hostile environment, Washington may be, along with Utah, the toughest two places to play in the conference. Just from a noise, from a, a rabid fan base, and uh, it's a special place to go to Husky Stadium and 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 play and and win because it's so hard. Um, it is. How, I,
2: play, I played there my senior year. We had to go up. Yeah. To Husky how how, how do
1: you I'll deal play. with how do you deal with that?
2: Well, personally, I fed off of it. I loved it. I loved it. I didn't look at it as an adversity. Coming out and having the fans screaming at you and taunting you and stuff thrown at you, I I loved it. I think it's great. Is it is it harder? It's harder on your offense, I think, to you know play on the road in a situation like that. That it wasn't it wasn't for me. I mean, I I think this is. You know, the last, the biggest game for Utah to win. I mean, Washington is dangerous enough that they could really get up for this game like the USC did and USC. I mean, Utah is the big dogs to get knocked off right now. So Washington's going to bring their best game, no doubt. And this will be an adverse situation as Utah could, is going to play in this year. And they, they got to bring it. But I feed off of it. I think the great teams do feed off of it.
1: And, and um, um, you think that that's something that can be conveyed to players and the team that you go, um, you know, we have to relish this moment. We kind of we kind of turn yeah. we turn what they think is an advantage to them actually as a disadvantage. In some ways, it's almost like it's almost like they're trash talking, and yeah. and uh, you know, like someone says a silly remark or a stupid remark during the week, you kind of go into the game knowing. All right, they're trash talking against us, and and uh, and, and I'm just not going to stand for it. I'm not going to have it, and you and you just you just kind of feed on it.
2: Yeah, hmm. yeah. You build it, you build it. You know, to the players, Kyle. You know, in preparation for this game, I think as a great approach. Guys, this is there's nothing like it. There's nothing okay. like it. Just like when you and I going into. You going into Buffalo, when you're playing at Miami. When I was in Cincinnati, going into Cleveland Municipal Stadium, right. and I had, you know, ninety thousand people in the stands and just rocking. The and the dog, the dog bones getting thrown at you in the end zone and everything. I mean, my body was just tingling, right, with adrenaline. Just the the preparation of the game, feeding on it, loved it. So
1: loved it. so Utah uh, lost twice last year in some tough games to Washington should've beat him in Salt Lake and had just a heartbreaker in the in the championship game. Do you do you as a player look at that and go, I we owe him
2: one? Absolutely. Because every, absolutely because
1: all the players all the players from Utah are like different team, different players, you know, there's no revenge factor here. And yet after the ASU game that Utah had a couple of weeks ago, they all said we owed him one. And we yeah. we wanted to to seek our revenge. So, uh, and then and then you have all these Utah players who said they came back for unfinished business. Well, the business that they had was uh, Washington beat them twice, and so the business is to win the win the the Pac twelve and go to the Rose Bowl, and maybe beyond. But it's certainly that, and uh, Washington's kind of the team standing in their way again. So yeah. can you use that and do you think they will use that as motivation?
2: Absolutely. And when players say, you know, that's just talk, right? To say, no, this is a new team in a new year. Yeah. Believe me, the guys that if they're underclassmen and not starting, whatever at the time that they we just lost to, you know, Washington the last couple times, they remember it.
1: Well and most of the guys are back.
2: And the coaching staff.
1: <laughs> I mean the whole defensive line's back. That you know Yeah. Most of the secondaries back and and most of the linebackers from a year ago so so they were yeah. there, they were a part of it
2: all right um part of it, and the coaching staff are part of it. I think it's an advantage for everybody, man they're taking care of business, they want it, it motivates them through from top to bottom, like from player to coach this this motivates them and want this, and they know that Washington is in their way for a you know a dream season right now
1: um We're going to take a break. I want to come back because I think Utah is the best team in the Pac-12. And I think they're playing like the best team in the Pac-12. And the rankings just haven't caught up with it yet. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. Welcome back to the program. I'm Scott Mitchell. He's old oh, Jason Buck. And, uh, of course, Utah plays Washington this week. And I think this is kind of a bit of a rivalry for Utah. Washington's been a tough team uh, for the Utes to play, and, and they haven't done well since they've been in the Pac-12 and lost to Washington twice last year. I uh, This year's a different year, and Utah's lost one game and they're playing as, I think, as good, well, definitely as good as anyone in the Pac-12 conference and probably is probably in the top four or five best teams in the country. I mean, really, they're playing that good. And, yeah, uh, I agree. And Oregon is uh, ahead of the polls in Utah, and, of course, Oregon barely eked out a win in the last seconds against Washington State. Um, were behind by quite a bit against Washington, came back, won that game. And... Uh, uh, and they're still ahead of Utah in the polls, and and I really thought by Utah's performance and how well they played and how well they've played for the last month, I I really expected and thought that they would jump Oregon in the polls, and they didn't. What um, do you think Utah's the? Do you agree with me or do you do you think Utah's where it should be?
2: You know what, I, I agree. I think it's okay that Utah's where they should be because I think it just helps them, meaning it gives them another chip on their shoulder to have Oregon out there in front of them. Right. It's another, it's another you know, thing to motivate them and to keep that chip on their shoulder, keep them hungry, and keep them fighting because, you know, I think they're in a great position playing out, you know, November here to move up in the polls and have a a great shot at the playoffs.
1: The only way Utah makes the playoffs, they go undefeated. Oregon goes undefeated. They're both somewhere five, six in the country at the end of the month, maybe, maybe higher. I don't know. And, and the winner has now beaten a, you know, a top 10 team in the country has a, has a a signature win. And uh, it certainly has some, It has some credence as to – I mean, because let's just say – let's say Oklahoma wins now in the Big 12 with one loss. And what's their signature win? Texas? Texas is going to be out of the top 25. I mean, Texas lost three or four times this year. And their one loss is to, like, Kansas State. And, you know, Utah's would be to USC. You know, it's, it's a, it's, and USC is a decent team this year. They're not a great team. So, right, so just earlier,
2: earlier in the year, though. So,
1: right. So, just that alone, right? Right. Just that alone, yeah. where you have, there's just no way that, there's no way because, because there's not, if you're taking just conference championship teams, uh, and Notre Dame lost, so they're out. They're gone. Uh, so, you, you're going to get, you're going to get one team from the Big Ten. You're going to get one team from the SEC. You're going to get Clemson from the ACC, and then you're going to have that fourth team. Is the fourth team a one-loss or a two-loss uh, SEC team, or is it Utah? I mean, it has to be Utah, right? You, you just can't, you know. You, I, I just, I'd be hard pressed to, I'd be hard pressed to not let him in, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. And here's why. So I, I'm totally in agreement with you, Jason. I'm in a hundred percent agreement about. Utah being in the position they're in, fine. Let Oregon be ahead of them in the polls. Uh, right. But but here's why face each
2: other. Here's why I think yeah.
1: Oregon's ahead of them in the polls. And it it has to do with marquee players. So the the marquee player on the West Coast in the Pac-12 conference is Justin Herbert. There isn't another player that has the national presence that he does. I mean, he's talked about on all the Heisman lists and and what really why this really struck me was by the time the Utah's game against Cal ended, nobody on the East Coast saw how great a game it was. No one was watching. And so no one knows how good Utah is. So yeah. in the polls they go, "We in order to promote college football, we need the biggest names, the biggest programs." To be at the front of the class. Yeah. And that that's that's what this is. It isn't it isn't that Oregon's better than Utah. It's that Justin Herbert has a bigger name draw than Tyler Huntley.
2: Or anyone. Yeah, the politics of it. Or right? anyone, I mean, right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So this leads me to one to one statement. If the NCAA is using a person, Justin Herbert, to promote its brand. Why shouldn't Justin Herbert be compensated for that? Yeah. A year ago a year ago. That's a, true. A, a year ago, a similar thing happened, Jason. Utah, they were discussing about a potential uh, participant in the Holiday Bowl. And the discussion from the Holiday Bowl was we really want Justin Herbert, because he's a bigger draw. Right. It wasn't that we want Oregon. We want the quarterback, and so it's not only in in the polls, but it's also in the bowls. Yeah. And, and these bowl teams oh. go, and so you can't sit here and tell me that all these people are calling this amateur sports.
2: Oh, players get the, the heck used out of them. They these, are getting the, schools, used. the NCAA to make yes hundreds of millions and you know in the billions like the NFL. I mean, it's just. There's so much money in it and they use your likeness and your name to promote the school and the program forever. Forever. And especially when you're your major all American and major award winner and all that, like you know, like me and Detmer and that type of thing, you're you're used to promote the program forever and you get zero out of it.
1: He won a major award.
2: Yes. Yep. The no biggest question.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I find that to
2: be a fascinating
1: thing about the polls. So, all right. Well, this yeah. round this round of Rivals is over.
2: It's over. We're done. We're off to our corners. He's
1: Jason Buck. I'm Scott Mitchell. We're powered by KSLSports.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook at the Rivals Podcast, Twitter at the Rivals Show. And until then, please, please drive responsibility. No, I'm sorry. Drive responsibility. Don't and, be like Scott. And don't be like Jason.